our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lamb, Lamb of God, who take away our sins and the sins of the world. So many times, we are not sure about our salvation, and we struggle. But because your Son Jesus Christ and the promises from the Bible, we come to you not because we are worthy, but because you are worthy, and you make that promise that if we come to you, you will forgive us and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. So we come to you and ask for your forgiveness. If there's anything that is hindering us to come to you, we pray that you will remove, us, remove those things from our lives and hearts. Lord, we want to be with you. We want to sing with the angels when we go to heaven. We want to enjoy the wonderful fruits from the tree of life. We want to have wonderful communion and fellowship with other saints, Abraham and Moses and Jacob and Isaac and all the apostles. And above all, we want to spend time with you and Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord that we will be in that number. We thank you and pray all things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Come with me to Revelation chapter 14. We're going to study the third angel's message. During the break, one of my dear friends asked me about the timeline. Um, I have this time right here. When was a decree given by the king of Medo-Persia to rebuild the Jerusalem? A decree that um, Daniel chapter 9 was talking about. Do you remember? Four? Four when? Four, five, seven. BC, right? That is? How many years? thousand three hundred. That is 1844. How long was it given to uh, this? Uh, we didn't study this, but how long was it given to Jewish people, Jewish nation? How many years? 490 years. This is how many weeks was this? Seven, Seventy weeks, right? Seventy weeks, right? Seventy weeks. And here we see. Um, that one, seven days, seven days, right? Seven days, there's a cross, and three and a half, and three and a half, prophecy. And uh, the temple was done, I forgot how many, what is it? I, I forgot the years, but anyway, there's a time they, they finished. How about, um, how about time of the end? Time of the end. Did it start? 1798. When did it begin? 538. What happened in 538? Dark ages. I'm sorry? Dark ages. Dark ages began, right? 
30, was it 34? 34. Yeah. 34, when Stephen was stoned, Jesus stood up and there was a sign at the end of uh, the, the grace period for Jew, uh, Jewish people, Israelites. Yeah, 538, the, the three kingdoms, right? What is, are the three kingdoms? Australos. Herolite and the Vandals or the three kingdoms, I believe. Am I am I right? There's a Herolite, Vandal, and uh, Ostrogoth. The Ostrogoth was the last kingdom. Actually, they were the Christian kingdoms that they had to get rid of in order them to establish Roman um, papacy or both state and government, the, the church and the government was established in Western Rome. That's the 538. Um, there was prophesied in Daniel chapter 7 and 8 and, and those places. Okay, so we are living in, right now here, right? Somewhere here, 2013. In a few days, next year, will be next week, right? What's happening after this? This is a kind of a foretaste, like, I'll give you just, you know, um, from the spirit of prophecy in the Bible, what's happening, what will happen from this time on? What are we expecting right now? What are we expecting? Jesus coming. Jesus coming, yes, amen. Jesus coming, second coming, right here. Put SC. Second coming. What will happen before second coming? Judgment. Judgment has to be finished, right? So, from 1798 until a certain point, nobody knows, this is a called provisional time, right? We are living in a provisional time. This is a day of atonement experience that we haven't had. And if you want to learn more about it, go to Isaiah 58. What will be the true meaning of experience of day of atonement? Okay? So, there is a end of probation. End of probation. What, what does the end of probation mean? Jesus, 1844, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is time of the end. This is time of the end. Times of the end. But right now, time of the end goes, I'm sorry. Time of the end goes all the way to the second coming, right? Jesus went into where? In 1844? Most holy place. Most holy place where? Heavenly sanctuary. When does it come out? Nobody knows. But when he comes out, the righteous be righteous, the wicked will be wicked, everything is sealed. So even though we repent, there's no nobody to intercede for our sins. Right? That's, that's it. And one of the signs is that God will take away the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving away from, from the earth. Except for, you know, helping the, the saints to finish. So before this, and the progression, what has to happen between here and here? There's two things that I think it has to happen. First one is a National Sunday Law, right? Yes. National Sunday Law has to happen. And National Sunday Law happens, what do we need to do then? Do we just we run away or just continue Preach, what, what do we need to do when the National Sunday Law comes? Summer flee. Summer flee, okay. What else? 
Country living. What else? Country living. Is it important? Country living. Country living. You know, Pastor Johnny Wong mentioned about that too. Uh, during a um, couple days, uh, yesterday morning devotion, right? He said, we have to do city mission. Ellen White heavily emphasized city mission. How do you do city mission, by the way? How do you do? From the country. You know, city mission is not like we live here and then evangelize people. But the ideal, some maybe have to say, but Ellen White says, live outside, but come in and do the ministry and take people or go back to the country and study, prepare yourself, and then that's the most ideal way. That's why we have outpost center that build outside of the city and do the ministries. Um, last year, there was a city mission summit at GC. Um, and they published a new book, a compilation of Ellen G. Weiss dealing with the city mission. And not right now, actually starting from this year, uh, there was a New York City uh, evangelistic plan and actually general conference president Eldon Ted Wilson preached the whole series. I, I really respect him for that. He's not just like a leader just giving us the order, but he does go out and preach the, the, the evangelistic series in New York City. That's something. And then they have a Tokyo uh, by uh, Nelson, Dwight Nelson uh, from uh, Andrews uh, Pioneer Memory Church. So they, they're targeting this mega churches, uh, mega, mega cities, different part of the world to reach out. So that is, you know, where more people are, it is a more chance for us to win people. That, and we have to go inside and do the ministry. How do we do the ministry? One of the best ways is health. Health. You know, um, I, I'm from um, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we had a church called Advent Hope. We start with the 20 young adults, Korean young adults. And because we speak all English, we have slowly, non-Korean people were joining our church. And by the time that we, we left, beginning of this year, February, we had about 100 people. But it's like black and white and yellow and, you know, different uh, um, ethnic background people joined. Um, and it was a wonderful experience. Because when you go there, it just feels like you're all family. It's a small church. So you feel like your family. But what we did is, um, starting from this year, we have a, a juice bar. Juice bar, uh, it, it, it helps you detox you know, from all this harmful stuff. So we provide, in the middle of the city, we have this juice bar, and they can come and pick up their juice, and even take their you know, to their offices. And they also have some breads and cookies. That is the first step. We want to do the store, health food store, and the restaurant. And time to time we do a uh, health seminar in the city. But I want young people to have a brilliant idea. Uh, there's another gentleman, I think in Australia, they have this food truck. You know, like, you know, I don't know about Malaysia, about the law here, but in U.S. there's a food truck. They sell tacos and hamburgers and hot dogs. You go to, like, a metropolitan museum. In front of the museum, there's a hot dog place, a truck. And they put, you know, hot dogs and ketchups and mustard and, you know, radish and things like that and serve you. But, but you can do like health food sandwiches, you know, like a good healthy sandwich and, and juices, fresh juice. Great ministry. People will love those kind of things. 
So one of the ways to minister to the city people is something in health related, like music, you know, singing at the subway downstairs, you know, it's just bring people peace and joy to hear about God's love. Anyway, so when the Sunday law comes, what do we have to do? We still have to, because the probation is still not in, we need to do what? Proclaim the gospel. And that during that time, what will come? The Holy Spirit. To finish the work. And Ellen G. White says, the first, the Pentecostal, Pentecost experience, not Pentecostal, Pentecost experience cannot even compare with the, the later parts. You know, like people will speak different languages, tongues, there will be a power of healings, you know, and people will see and hear the gospel, and they will join as a, you know, the last batch of, you know, um, saints. That's our job. And then there are a lot of people who come out from Babylon. And then, because Sunday law, persecution starts. Right? Some people, some of us, we will die going through the persecution. But some of us will be saved. You know, having two children, ooh, tough. I read the great controversy and how the, the, the papacy persecutes the Waldensians. Ooh. I, I have mercy. My wife is very soft-hearted. I mean, even though she's from New York City, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to the children and emotional things, she is very weak. Um, and it's going to be really, really hard. I, I pray every day that God will spare our lives. Wake up! That's a good one. Sorry. It's good. I, I like that, you know, maybe I should get the application from you. It will definitely wake people up. But, uh, but um, you know, having two children, going through tribulation, I don't know if that's going to be possible. You know, I, I don't want to see my children, you know, dying or die. But uh, even coming to Malaysia was tough. <laughs> Flying through, uh, we took um, a Vietnam airline. And they were just tough. Just sitting in the one chair for like five hours and another two and a half hours. Just like, they were like, I want to go home. I want to go home. Have mercy. Anyway, so we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The latter will come and finish the work. And then probation ends. When Jesus says, it is Done, it is finished. Drop the censer from heaven. That's it. Everything is still. Righteous be righteous and wicked will make it forever. Unrighteous will. Okay. And then what happened after after the time of the end? I mean after the, the probation ends. There is a time of trouble starts and then also one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What is this? Seven last plagues. Seven last plagues that take place. And then I know I think it's gonna be a really short time. Yeah. I'm not saying how short. I we need to pray hard that it will be short, short, because it's gonna to be too too much for all of us to witness. Okay. And then second coming, right? Jesus will come and take us.
this is thousand years. Thousand years, we're gonna be immigrated to heaven for thousand years. We're gonna judge the angels and the both um, unsaved people, and then come back to earth. This earth gonna be the center of the universe. Can you believe that? God is moving to our place to be the God of the universe. And I think that is a wonderful thing. We're living with God. Um, I, I recently, I don't know if you've seen, but the recently somebody made the New Jerusalem in a square box and put on top of the globe. I posted, I think, in my Facebook. And it, the size, if you fold it, it's actually bigger than the whole earth. I mean, not on earth as a, you know, the globe, but the, the, the land. You know, the land. We have a what? How many continents do we have? Five or six. We have Australia, we have South America, North America, uh, Asia, Africa. So, five, right? Five continents. So it's, it's, it's uh, bigger than actually the five continents because, you know, the square, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, is it how to call it, surfaces? When it unfold, I don't know if that's really making a sense, but anyway, they put the <laughs> square box on top of the, the, how to call it, the globe. And it was pretty big, pretty big, and actually, uh, it's going to be a wonderful place. But I'm, I'm glad that we are coming back to Earth. And <laughs> so that's thousand years. My question is, my friend asked me, so when did uh, first angels and second angels and third angels proclaim? Do you remember what Elijah White said about those things? First angels' message preached what? Starting from, I think, I believe, starting from 1830 and 40s. 40s, right? <coughs> God, and they were talking about the, the judgment, right? First angel's message. And then, right before October um, 22nd and 1844, there was a second angel. Because they reject the message, the first angel's message, there was a second angel's message proclaimed, right? Come out of her, my people. Babylon is fallen. When does third angel's message start? At the end. I believe that after October, yeah, 22nd. Do not receive the mark. But what does do not receive? Okay, let's study third angel's message. So, can you see the picture? What's happening? This time, this time, this time, this time, all this time. Um, we are living right here. 2013 December. Today's what? 27th? 7th? Yeah. Alright. Let's go to Revelation chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 9. And the third angel fla uh, followed them. Saying, that's why we know it's a three angels message. There's one angel, two angels, and then third angel, right? The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. 
and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest, nor day, nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever, whosoever received the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here they that keep the commandments of God and what? The faith of Jesus. From this time, I guess we are around what? We have 1140, 3540. We're going to study one hour about the first part. Who is the beast? What does it mean to receive the mark of the beast? And uh, is there any other mark or things that mention in the Bible? You know, in order for us to understand about the mark of the beast, we have to identify who the beast is, right? Who is the beast? And what is the mark? And opposite of that, does God has also some kind of mark or sign that plays upon His people? Revelation chapter 14. Come with me to Revelation chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having what? His father's name written in their forehead. Written in their forehead. Okay? So, there is a, there is a people, group of people who follow the beast, right? And have some sort of mark of him, mark of the beast. And on the other hand, there is a Mount Zion, there is a lamb with 144,000 having whose name? God's name, the Father's name in their foreheads. Can, can you see the two contrasts right here? And, and everybody has to decide whether you're going to be part of this group or lamb's group. Okay, why don't we actually study about God's name and His seal. Come with me to chapter 7. Same book, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. If I'm going too fast or if you're not really clear about things, please raise your hand and ask me, okay? Revelation chapter 7 verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. And I heard a number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed on how many? Hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of children of Israel. Question. God will place His seals on, the Bible says, the servant of God, right? Who is the servant of God? Who is the servant 
of God. Is all the pastors servant of God? They're working, they profess they work for the Lord, their boss is the Lord. But is that what the Bible says? Come with me to Romans chapter 6. Who is the servant, true servant? Romans chapter 6, verse 22. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. The true servant of God. But now being made free from what? Sin. Free from sin and become what? Servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So from the Bible, who is a servant of the Lord? Servant of God. People who are free from sin. Are you free from sin? Do you want to become a servant of God? Amen. 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 I want to be servant of God and I want to be free from sin. Amen. Amen. The Bible never teaches, I mean, this is really a controversial issue because it relates to perfection, right? Perfection. Some people, we, there's a confusion between perfection and perfectionism. Does Bible encourage, encourages us or or challenging us to be perfect. Yes or no? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. But then why people are so against perfection? Why? You know, perfectionism is I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I do this. I do this. I don't do that. I do this. There's a one man, I'm actually two men, I found in the Bible. They said they're perfect. Do you remember the story? The rich young man came to Jesus. I've done and followed all everything since I was young. I'm perfect. Perfectionism. That's it. But all the time, when I look at the Bible, Jesus says, Neither I condemn you. Go and sin. Continue sin? No. Go and sin no more. To all the patients, he healed them and said the same thing. You know? Go and sin no more. That's the gospel. And, and when, when we look at Jesus' life, how did Jesus overcome sin, by the way? How did Jesus overcome sin? It is written, right? From the scripture. Bible. He had daily communion with God. You know, the life of Jesus show us how we could overcome sin. The, 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 you know, many people, you know, and, and most evangelicals and some of the, you know, progressive Adventists also believe that um, Jesus died on the cross and fulfilled the mission. That's it. We believe, we say, no. The purpose of Jesus coming to earth as a human baby and youth and, you know, work as a carpenter and, and walk, you know, many miles to do the evangelism work and 
teaching the disciples, training them, and healing sick, and eventually die on the cross and resurrect and, and ascend to heaven. What was his purpose? What was his mission on earth? Is it only the, the death of the cross? No. He wanted to show to people that how we could also live like him. That's why he was baptized. That's why he was, you know, uh, born as, like you and me. Jesus had a nose. Jesus had an ear. He had to wash his feet before he go to bed. He has to brush his teeth and clean his mouth. Everything that we do. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, he was tempted in how many points? It was two? Uh, four, four. Hebrews chapter 4. It says, all things. And I don't want to argue like, Okay, he was living in the first century, so he, you know, he wasn't tempted. I tell you what, I tell you what. Solomon said this, Solomon said this. Is there anything new under heaven? No. Everything that we think is, I mean, of course, technology is maybe different. You know, we, this morning we saw this video clip. Do you know? Question mark, right? What's happening, what's changing all this Facebook and technologies and social networks is amazing things. And I think this is a... It could be a curse and it could be a blessing too. For the evangelism purpose, it, be, it could be amazing. The AOI, boom, email and all this uh, uh, ad, you know, advertisement and video clip it could go all around the world within a few hours. But at the same time, all these bad things could also go around the world. I'm telling you. <sighs> yeah, let's go, don't, don't go there. It's, like, it's a wicked thing and, and I don't want to even mention to you. But, but popular sites. That many people go, they just like unbelievable. People go and just look at the you know pictures of naked peoples. It's it's another whole industry. They don't want to stop it. They don't want to you know uh, control it. It just they're making so much billions of billions of dollar industry. And people just everywhere around the world they are just sucking into it. But anyway. Let's go back to the Bible. Where was I? Servant. Servant of God. Servant, thank you. Servant of God. So we have to be free from sin in order for us to receive the seal. Seal of God. So we have to pray and live a life like Jesus Christ. Okay? So God is asking, in ascending the angels, hold the wind. What does wind represent? Strives, right? When the wind blows, you know, if you look at the, uh, Daniel chapter 7, whenever there's a wind blow, there's a beast come out from the sea, which represents a new kingdom. So when there's a strive and there's a war and, you know, crisis, there is this boom, new nation comes. So when there's a wind, four, not just one wind, but four corners of the earth, angels are holding the winds. Do you know that we are about to witness chaos before our time? Imagine, like this, Obama care. Have you heard about that? Yes. What is it? It's a government-controlled health care system, right? I mean, in a, in a positive way, many doctors, even Ben Carson, you know, is really not happy about this thing, but the government is control over health insurance, right? They're under control. And some of them, there's like too far 
But anyway, what they're doing right now, I mean, when we heard about Obama, when, you know, he, when he did his um, election campaign, what was the motto? Do you remember? Change. Change. Change from what? What? What did he promise to change? From the administration that previously exists, right? Which was Bush. George W. Bush. What did he create? Do you remember? As soon as George became a, a, the president of the United States, what happened? There was a war. 9-11. 9-11 happened. And there was a war against which country? First, Afghanistan and Iraq. Am I right? Do you, do you see what's happening around the world right now? All the terrorist movement, the bombs, attacks. You know how many thousands and millions of people die in Iraq? Innocent civilians, children, mothers. People go to wedding and then just blow up the whole thing. You know, Pakistan, they're having a well, of a celebration festival. Boom, the drone, you know, drops the bomb. Unmanned, you know, drones. And people die. United States government is taking away our freedom. Not just the citizens of United States, but everywhere. After 9-11, you know, before 9-11, this is another confession that I want to make, you know, make in front of everybody. I went to United States in 1996. I was 21 years old. I was dreaming to go to United States. I had this big American dream. Okay, I want to go there and I want to make family, live there, have a wonderful house, drive a nice car, and uh, do some business there. It was good. 1996, 1997, 1998, I feel like, whoa, this is heaven. They have everything I have, you know, I like. They have all the privilege we, have, we need. You know, it's a really nice place. I tell you, United States, when I left beginning of this year, I felt like that place is a land of honey and milk, literally. I mean, of course, like Singapore is nice. Kuala Lumpur, nice. You know, some, some European country, nice. But there's something about the United States. But from 2001, it changed. You know, until 2009, you know, 99, 96, 97, we could go all the way up to the gate. You know, when you board the airplane, the gate right there, you know, we can welcome people and say bye. You could see people from the airplane and they can wave hands. There was a before 2001 era, you know what I mean? Mm. But now what happens? You have to go through this, 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 they go through this, mm. and now there is a scanner go through all around. Crazy! And do this, this, you know, you go to America, you have to do all fingers. <laughs> Crazy! And they don't care about being United States citizen or non-United States. They don't care. Everybody has to go through that security checkpoint. And I feel like humiliated sometimes. Seriously. And not only that, like I mentioned to you, they're hacking your phone, my phone, they're hacking your email account. My, they're storing all this information in Denver somewhere. They have a huge facility there, they're building, collecting all the information. Why? Why are they collecting information from 
Korea and Malaysia and Singapore and China. Why? They're waiting for the crisis. In American people, now what's happening? All these young people going to the classrooms and shooting guns. Why? Why? Do you know one of the amendments that the United States has is protect yourself, right? You have a right to protect yourself with ammunitions. I, have, I met a guy who has a 41 guns, shotgun, you know, like small gun, big gun, machine guns, 41 guns at their house in Georgia. You know, Georgia is a country in the south. We have some, you know, people that are very against the government too. So in order to remove their guns, taking away their guns, what, what, what do you have to create? You know, to me, I don't want to go into this um, conspiracy theories. Okay, this is a very bad thing, but I believe someone made up this 9-11 thing. So, you know, 2001-9-11 is a man-made project to create the chaos in order to establish this control, security. They're taking away amendments, like civil rights amendments. Recently, last year, last, last week, you know, there's a, one of the, the, the amendments is you, are, you have right to remain silent until your lawyer, like, lawyers show up. You know, in you, I don't know about Malaysia, but if you get caught in America speeding, I said, I want to, you know, have that privilege, being a, you know, keep the silence. And then the car has to wait until the lawyer comes and then resolve the issue. But now, no more. Everybody, they can be arrested. If you look like a you know, suspect, terrorist, they can arrest, they can place you without time period in the military facility. Anyone, they will stop. That's what George W. Bush established. And we thought the Obama will change. Hmm. They still have a Guantanamo, right? They, in, uh, in uh, Cuba, holding all these terrorist suspects without their rights. And imagine all this thing is setting up. Do you think for what? Do you think American people will easily give up their guns? No way, they will fight for it. For, for, in order for them to take away the guns, they're causing what? Here and there, all this crisis, small crisis, Boston bombs, you know, and, and, and young people going to the classrooms and shooting people. They're creating the crisis so they can find the reason and then take away the guns. And then it's, it will not end just easily. They'll have fights. So the United States is preparing for the, the civil uh, riots. You know what happened in London a few years ago? I think it was last year. They were like going crazy. And that will happen in the United States. And actually, New York mayor, New York City mayor of Bloomberg, he says that will come to the United States pretty soon. You know, if you look at the world news, don't look at the new world news. Okay, I'm not encouraging you. But all the wealthy people, elites, they don't live in the city. Did you know that? They don't live in the city. The FEMA director, he doesn't have his house in the city. His office may be in the city, but his house is way far in the country that nobody knows where they are. And he, there's a documentary made by Seventh-day Adventist um, uh, people. You know, there's a people in the United States, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, National Geographic uh, made a documentary um, how do you call it? The, 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 
doomsday preppers. Just go down on Google, doomsday preppers. What they do is they believe that something is coming. They prepare their house, underground the bunker, they buy the property with friends. They secure the whole area. They stack up the food. I mean, in some way, they're smarter than the Seventh Adventist people. Because LHY says, in a time of trouble, you have to have a land and substance to support you for the time period. It's not going to be just one month, two months. Time of the trouble will be a couple of years. Do you hear me? Serverness, we're far away from the main, main subject, but here. But, but God has given us the provision to how we could prepare for this crisis to come. Amen? That's why Ellen G. White's writing, you look at the you know, last day events, the book, buy it and read it. In Great Controversy, make sure that you spend time reading it. Prepare yourself. All the things that are happening around us right now, I'm not trying to create you know, sensationalism right now. You know, I'm not saying that you know, end of the, the world is coming, you know, we have to go and run away from city. We have to do the city ministry. Amen? We have to. Even though we live in a country, in a mountain, we still have to come back and then do the ministry. I think Pastor Johnny is not talking about, you know, the don't go to country. He is saying, if we do not have the ministry in here, that you know, having a country life is, is something else because we have three angels' message to preach. All right. Revelation chapter 7. Let's go back. There's one thing that I want to mention here. It says, until, verse 3, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. And I heard the number of them, which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of children of Israel. Clear? Is that all? literal Israelites or is it spiritual Israelites? <coughs> spiritual. Spiritual Israelites. The amazing thing is this. The names that we found, because spiritual Israelites, 12 tribes, is Genesis chapter, you know, several places. Who are the sons of Jacob? 12 of them. Do you remember their names? What are they? Reuben, Simon, Levi, uh, Levi, right? Issachar, Esther, Dan, Naphtali, Joseph, Benjamin, Zebulon, Judah, right? God, all those people. The 12 names that we found in Genesis as the sons of Jacob are different than Revelation chapter 7. Did you know that? There's a one tribe was removed and replaced. Guess which tribe it is? Manasseh. Who is Manasseh, by the way? Is, it, is, is, it, is Manasseh son of Jacob? No. It's son of Joseph. But, you know, Jacob kind of prophesies that Jacob, Joseph will take two portion, double portion of blessing. So Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh joined, but some tribe was totally removed. You know which tribe was this? 
Try both. Dan. What does Dan mean? Dan. Judge. You know Daniel? Daniel? What does Daniel name mean? God is my judge. L, right? Daniel. L is God. You know, one of the interesting things is uh, Laodicea also means what? People? People judge, right? People we judge or judge. Do you remember the, 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 the blessings that um, Jacob um, gave to his sons? Come with me to Genesis chapter 49. We're talking about, still talking about seal of the living God, right? Who will receive the seal of the living God? 144,000. Who is a servant of God? Servant of God who is free from sin in, in, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. 22. 22. But there is a, I'm talking about this uh, Israelites, 144,000 spiritual Israelites who has different, different defects in their characters. But there's a one character this, this tribe did not overcome and he, they were removed and another people, the sons of Jacob, Manasseh, they replaced them. Look at verse 17. 49, Genesis 49, 17. The Bible says, Then shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. Then, is the people who judge. They talk about it. They backbite. They gossip. They have a false report about that's a characteristic of Dan. And they have a judgmental characteristics. God cannot take those people to heaven. Amen? Amen. If we have that kind of attitude, we, we love to talk about other people, talk about gossiping about other people, backbite about other people, the pastor so-and-so is not good, elder so-and-so, he, he got elected as a head elder, but he's not qualified, blah, 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 blah. That is not qualified. That's still comes under the tribe of Dan. And they are not sealed with the seal of living God. Have mercy, right? Have mercy. So we have to stop gossiping about other people. Very hard. Very hard. Especially Asian. You know, I don't know if you've seen the, the Asian... There's a, this... this I don't know who, who created this um, thing, but recently I saw this um, the graph. Is that graphic? That is it tweet or some sort of um, yeah. There's a the Western mindset and Eastern mindset. You know what I'm talking about? There's a people in the bus when the bus comes, like Western, like one line, like Eastern, like bunch of people gathered like this. You know, we are more like. Social people compared to the Western people. Western people, they're individual. They're, they don't want to be bothered by other people. They want their privacy. That's why they have a separate house. They don't want to live next to each other. But we know everything about next door, you know, front of the house, back of the house. They, we know their family history. We know how many spoons and, you know, chopsticks they have. We know every details of We're very interesting people. But the, 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 the danger that we have is we talk too much about other people. We love gossip. You know, there's a danger. And we need to overcome that defects in our character. 
in order for us to receive the seal of living God. One other condition, another one is found in Ezekiel chapter 9. How can we receive the seal of living God? There's a three point, two point I made, right? First one was we have to be uh, free from sin. We have to be a servant. Second, we have to stop gasping, judging other people like tribe of Dan. Third point, Ezekiel chapter 9. Who will receive the seal of living God? Chapter 9, starting from verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 1. The Bible says, He cried also in mine ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have changed over city to draw near, even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, to the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen, with a riders in corn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, with hold, which hold, which had the widers in, coal, in corn by his side. I had a rough night last night, so that I'm, I'm kind of like mumbling right here. Verse 4, And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that do what? Sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in the mind, hearing, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near an, any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men, with, which were before the house. So, what is the condition for us to receive the mark here? Sign and cry. Where? City of Jerusalem. What does city of Jerusalem represent? It's a church, right? God's holy people dwells in there. So when we see we are in a church, Seventh-day Adventist church, or a Christian church, are we seeing abomination happening among us? Do we? We do. They've been lowering the standards, lower and lower and lower and lower. People get baptized. You know, I could witness as someone who works for the university, one of the university Adventist church. We're baptizing people without their full, full conviction. We force them, we manipulate them, we like convince them it's a bad, better thing, we give them better grade, we give them scholarship, we give them chance to go to oversee. People want to be baptized, not because they want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ, but they want to get a scholarship. They want to get, you know, get into the program they can go to overseas and study at Andrews and Southern. And that is a not right way. That's the abomination. I'm not saying this as a bringing down the university in shame, but 
when I see that, we have to sigh and mourn for what's happening in our church. Look at the Christian churches. They're doing all these wicked things. People smoke and drink, and they go to church on Sunday. They still proclaim and profess they're Christians. Are we praying for them? Do we have this passion and love for our pastors and others who are struggling with their sins? Are we praying for them, or are we gossiping about them? There's a difference here. We need to show our love. We need to truly, because, remember? Jesus died for me. Amen? Jesus died for you. The value of your life equals Jesus Christ. Are you worth it? Are you important? Oh, yes. You are the one in this universe that Jesus, Elijah White says, He would still come and die for you, one soul, if you're willing to give your life to Christ. So, when we look at in that concept, she is as important as Jesus Christ. Do you hear me? He is as important and precious as much as Jesus Christ. Every living soul that we see is value of Jesus Christ because He died for them too. And do we have pleasure in their parish? Parishment? Are we feel happy or are we neglect, don't care about their you know, salvation? We have to have a different attitude in our life. Are we looking at them as Jesus' eyes? Are we really care for their salvation? Are we showing them as a Christian how Jesus cared for them and loved them and want to save them? That has to be in our daily life. Then, God says, will we see the mark? Amen? What was the first thing that we need to have? We have to be free from sin as a servant, servant of God, free from sin. Second, we have to stop gossip about other people. Third, we have to love and pray for brothers and sisters around us. Let's study the mark of the beast. We have 20 minutes. Who is the beast? In Revelation chapter 14, who is the beast? When we talk about the beast, there's a, there's a two beasts previously mentioned in the Bible, right? Chapter 13. Let's go step by step. Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Characteristic number one, this beast has to come out from the sea, okay? Number two. Having a seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Remember the blasphemy? Two. Number three. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like what? Feet of the? A bear. And the mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat. And great authority, right? So he has his authority and power as like dragon. What's next? Verse 3, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. Okay? 
characteristic number four. And then number five, and there was a given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue how many months? 42, 42 months. Five. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy. Blasphemy is mentioned, this is third time, I guess. Against God to bless forth his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Right? And then verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nation. I don't know how many times, you know, we're counting, but we'll go over, over that. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Let me go over the parts that you know, I want to remind you. This beast has to come out from the sea. This beast has composed of the four beasts found in Daniel chapter 7. This beast was given the power of dragon and authority, right? Verse 2. Verse 3, receive a deadly wound. One of the heads, right? And deadly wound will be healed. Verse 3. And everybody follow. Everybody follows him, right? And wonder, the Bible says. And has a strong power. Verse 3 and 8 also mention about strong religious power, right? Verse 1, 5, 6 mention about the blasphemies. And then words with the saints and overcome them. Verse 7, for rules for 42 months has mysterious number 666 and later on in, in, in uh, chapter 13. The characters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. This 11 characteristics mean only one identity. Who are they? Who is it? No, 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 no. First piece. Roman papacy, right? Papacy. Rise from sea means came from the, multi, you know, a lot of people, right? Where Europe, all the way. Composed of the four beasts of Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7 has four beasts. First one is lion, represent Babylon. Middle Persia, represented by bear. And then leopard, forehead leopard, Greece. And then last one, Rome. You know, dreadful and fearful beast. And all these four characteristics met in this beast. Okay? And it has a politically, a religious, all this emphasis and uh, pagan practice has been all concentrated in one empire, which is Roman Empire. Okay, number number three. Did um did Roman Empire have the power? Oh yes. Dragon gave him power to persecute Jesus himself, right? He tried to from from the very beginning. Herod sent the army, Roman army, to kill all the children under two, Bethlehem. And then he tried again on the cross. Who killed Jesus Christ? Did Jews kill Jesus Christ? Yes, they did. But with whose authority? Roman Empire's authority, right? Pilate's involved with that. Okay? Number four. Deadly wound was healed. I mean, receive a deadly wound. Through, when, when, when did he receive deadly wounds? 1798. The France, French army went in and, and captured the Pope. He died a year later. 
and they thought it was dawn because you know friends they're so into atheist they don't they don't want God they don't want Bible they have all this mess and they want to destroy they're the one actually established help establishing the papacy in 538 but they're the one actually try to bring down during the Napoleon times 1798 and then 1929 Mussolini gave back Vatican to the Pope Roman Catholic and since then the whole world is following him as a political and religious leader okay guilty of blasphemy what what does it have to do with uh, Roman Catholic Church blasphemy we read in Mark chapter 2 they forgive sins they go and confess their sins how about um, did they overcome the saints and persecute them for how many months 42 months from 538 to 1798 and he has a mysterious number what is this 666 what do you know about 666 name the number Vicar of God of you know son of God right what does Vicar is really they you know to calculate when we break it down to the Latin how to call it number number is it ends with 666 right okay any question do we all agree in this who is the beast on Revelation chapter 14 the third angel's message who is the beast papacy right in a both political and spiritual sense the beast represents what a kingdom Revelation chapter 7 talks about that right so this is more political but they also have a religious authority Clear? So, when, when the Bible says, worship him or receiving his mark, what is it talking about? Actually, you know what? I forgot one of the seal, condition of the seal. What is God's seal? Number four. Condition. Sabbath. Sabbath. Where do, where do you find that? Ezekiel chapter 20, 20, 12 and 20, right? And also, I think there is another one in, um, where is it? In um, New Old Testament, I think it was. Um, someone help me. Exodus is it Exodus thirty. Thirty-one seventeen. Thank you. Is it thirty-one seventeen? I'm sorry? 1617. Exodus 1617. Is it Exodus? Yeah. Chapter 31, verse 16 and 17. God says, I will keep Sabbath as a sign between me and Israelites. Okay? Thank you. And also, if, uh, um, verse 13. Right? <coughs> Speak thou unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generation, that ye may know that I am the Lord that dwell, uh, doth sanctify you. <laughs> Do you remember in ancient time, you know, we, <coughs> we only have about 11, 10 minutes, 10, 11 minutes. I had a privilege to meet um, many Jewish people when I was living in New York. There's a 
bridge called, uh, I think, Williamsburg Bridge. And uh, this is a Bronx side, uh, the Brooklyn side, and this is a Manhattan side. They have to cross this bridge to go to the Manhattan. But when you go to the, the uh, Brooklyn side, there's an orthodox Jews. They wear black. I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if Malaysia has a Jewish people. Do they have a Jewish community here? You know, they're heavily into uh, jewelry business. Jewelry business. They wear these big black heads. They have this uh, hair, you know, cur curly hair, wearing down right here. And then they have this clothes. You know, their head, open it, there's a box, small box they wear. You know what that is? The law of God. You know, they have their tie here, the law of God. Where do we find that? Practice. Command. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, 8, and 10, those areas, God says, bind this commandment, statutes and commandment, on between your between your eyes. How do you call it? Eyelids? Frontlets. Yeah. Or between your eyes. And then tie on your hand. You, when, whether you stand up, you sit down, you lay down, walk, you have that in your... So, number four, I think, is in order for you to have a seal of God, you have to fully... What does really matter? I mean, does it mean that you really have to put the small box here and then, you know, carry the Ten Commandments all over you? Go? No. What does it mean? You understand and hand represent what? Clean and pure hearts. What is it? Action. You have to truly exercise keeping Sabbath as a holy day instead of Go to church from 9.30 to 10 or, or 9.30 to 12 or 11 to 12. And afternoon you go to 7-Eleven and, you know, mall and do shopping. Beloved brothers and sisters, I love you. I've been praying for you. But I do want you to be saved. And even though I might offend you by saying this, but because I love you, I have to say, you know, I, God sometimes spank, you know, his beloved children because he wants to help them to understand and make right decision. We have to keep Sabbath holy. The Sabbath doesn't give you a guarantee of salvation. Amen? Amen? You come to church on Sabbath, that doesn't have none of I mean, it will hopefully help you understand about divine purpose. And, and understanding about who we are and, and identify ourselves. But keeping Sabbath is not guaranteeing yourself, you know. So as, you know, your name on the, you know, Seventh-day Adventist membership list, that doesn't guarantee your salvation. So we have to experience and fully understand what it really meant to keep Sabbath holy. Our conversation, our attitude, our thought has to line up with God's will. And that day, we are, God says, you know, I want to refresh. I want to sanctify you. You know, I want you to understand, experience the heaven on earth in this 24-hour period. So I want you to keep the Sabbath holy. Shopping, you can do, you can do that. You know, other things. The Bible says, you know, Jesus died on the day of, which day? Friday. What, what was a Friday call? Another name. Preparation day. Preparation day, okay? We have to prepare. You know, there is a difference between 
preparing Sabbath on Friday or even day, you know throughout the week and enter into the Sabbath hour and just busy, 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 and then come from the you know and then enter into the Sabbath like rush in. You know what I mean? Like Sabbath is here. Sabbath, clean, clean. We have to set a time to prepare Sabbath. You know, as a family, as a church, the Vespers, we have to go to Vespers, Friday evening Vespers, and you know, celebrate the Sabbath hour. And then also, once again, celebrate again the wonderful experience that we have on Sabbath evening, sundown worship, as a family, as a church. Okay? So, that is another sign of the seal of God, number four. So, Mark of the Beast, what could totally indicate that you are following or obeying the beast. What? We, having something, right? Still, Mark of the Beast is basically saying, I obey you. You are my Lord. You are my God, basically. Because, you know, the, did, did, did Eve worship the serpent? No, she didn't. But by listening and obeying his suggestion, he broke the commandment, right? Am, am I right? God says, don't eat. Serpent says, eat, because you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. So listening to Satan, Adam and Eve basically give up their power and authority and dominion over the earth to Satan. That's why Satan, when he went up to heaven, representing, you know, sons of God, in Job chapter 1, he says, I go to and fro, and what is it? I am the control, ruler of the earth, the earth that you created. But I took over from Adam and Eve, the prince of the world, right? So, so the, the, in order for Satan or, 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 or people to make this mark the sign of our surrender and uh, reverence to the beast is Sunday. There's nothing else. Because if God has set a Sabbath as a seal of living God, am I right? The law, right? And Sabbath is a commandment that identify the authority of God as a creator and a redeemer. But the Sunday is what? Man-made day to celebrate and worship. So if you receive the mark of the beast and basically worshiping him, then basically you are leaving the side of the lamb. Is that, is that clear? So Sunday... Breaking the law, right? Free from sin. Free from sin. And then what else? Stop gossiping about other people. Tribe of Dan. And then pray for other people. The sins of the church and the people in Jerusalem. And then keeping Sabbath holy. If you keep Sabbath holy, you know, I usually our family, we, we set apart on Friday afternoon to clean our house. 
as a father, as a father, when somebody says, your son looks like you, I'm very happy. <laughs> Some of the parents, we are here. When somebody says, oh, your daughter, your son looks like, just like you, they be very happy. But more than that, when he acts like you, you're happy. When you see yourself, of course, there's a sad part too. The sinful nature that I have, I can see from my son too. You know, the things that I, I was a rebellious, troubled kid when I was young. And I see resentment of, of myself in him. You know, stubborn, headstrong, rebellious little boy. He's a three years old. He doesn't want to listen. You know, when I say, you have to eat, eat vegetables. Like, no. No. I mean, we will fight. Sometimes he cries, you know, during the mealtime because he doesn't want a vegetable. But anyway, when I see him, he has a toy vacuum, okay? He has a toy vacuum. He make noises. So I vacuum the house. He will stand next to me. He will vacuum too. <laughs> that, that vacuum doesn't do anything good. <laughs> you know? But he does try to imitate me by cleaning the house. I'll be so happy that my son is trying to be like his daddy. You know, when God sees us, when God sees us and He recognizes us, we try to worship the Creator on Sabbath, rest, and think about Him, His grace, His mercy, and His love. He feels very happy. And that's why He blessed the seventh day and holiday. So I want you to experience that as a sons and daughters of God, as a family, as a church. It is a such a joy and blessing. So in order for us to refuse to receive Mark of the Beast, we have to be faithful to the Lord, keep the Sabbath holy, pray for other people, keep God's commandments, free from sin. Is it a lot of lot of <laughs> requirements? It's not. You know, love can do so many things. I share with you many things. Love can make you crazy. You fly 52 times, you know, because of love. You know, I went to see my wife 52 times. Crazy. I don't know how I did that. But, um, you know, you sing for them. You write so many love letters. and Love can change us. Love. You know, I... Pray that you will fall in love with Jesus Christ. That nothing will separate you from Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You, Lord, for this message You've given to us. We are so excited about Your soon return. But You have also gave this great privilege to share this gospel. Lord, we need Jesus in our life. We need the Holy Spirit working in our life. You have given us this beautiful, precious message. Lord, we want to experience this. We want to be free from sin. We want to honor your name by keeping the Sabbath holy. We want to receive that blessing that you specially set aside for keeping the Sabbath holy. We want to experience the heaven on earth we want to pray like Daniel 
pleading for not only for his sins, but for his people's sins. Help us to experience the sigh and mourning for the sins and abominations that are happening in our church and our brothers and sisters, Lord. Above all, help us to be like Jesus Christ. Help us to meditate, meditate his life, his death on the cross, that we will hate evil and sin, but do your will and make you happy. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.